thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you what, become a student. Get hold of your Bible, get a notepad, pencil or pen, and follow along with us. And we here in the studio audience, we are believing with you for answers. Amen. And we say this, attach your faith to the word that you hear today because that's when it makes a difference in your life. Amen. We've been teaching on the mind and we're going to continue teaching that direction for a while. And uh, we've been taking as our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind is part of your inheritance in Christ. It belongs to you. Don't leave it unclaimed. Amen. And uh, the word is the thoughts of a sound mind. God, the word is the thoughts of God written down. And it would behoove us, it would benefit us to take those thoughts and make them ours. And as we do and put those, those thoughts into our everyday life, then we, had, we, we come into the flow of a renewed mind and then our life is transformed. Uh, we started on the previous episode out of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10. I want to go back to there because this is one of my absolute favorite verses. I mean, this is a verse that God used with me that really put me on the road to the victory that was mine. And uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, and this is the Amplified that I'm going to read out of. Now, Paul was writing because they had sent him an offering, and he was writing to thank them for that offering. But then he added this. He says, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. That's the flow of faith. That's the mindset of faith. That's what faith enjoys, completely undisturbed. Now you have to remember, Paul was writing this. He was sitting in prison from that dark place, from a place that he was put there wrongfully. He hadn't done anything but preach the gospel and it made people mad. And he had been put there wrongfully and he said this, I'm not disturbed. I'm not disquieted in whatever state I am. He said, doesn't matter whether I'm in prison, whether I'm out preaching, it doesn't matter what state I am. I am the same. But notice this big word. He said, I have learned how to be content. He had to learn that. And uh, one of the things that no doubt he had learned, he was put there, as I said, by other people. He was put there because he had done something good. If you're not careful, you can become embittered at something like that. 
at a setting like that. But you have to learn how not to let wrong things in. <laughs> because I tell you what, to walk in peace, to not be disturbed or not be disquieted, you can't let the wrong thing in. You let the wrong thing in and the wrong thing will trouble you. That's right. And so he did not sit there in resentment. He did not sit there um, fuming about how people had treated him wrong. He just kept his focus right. Amen. Amen. Now, as we said on the previous episode, victory is not about the devil leaving us alone. The victory is about us being completely untroubled and undisturbed right in his presence. That's victory. That's skill. That's mastery with the word. If we are troubled in any way, our thoughts are on the wrong thing. We are putting our attention on the wrong thing. Amen. I don't care what comes against us. The greater one is in us. We have his word to focus on. We have the Holy Ghost, the divine genius in us as our guide, as our helper, as our teacher, as our counselor, as our advocate, as our standby, as our strengthener. He is in us for all of these flows. And for us to be untroubled by one thing, to, for us to be troubled by one thing is to forget all of that, to forget who's in us, to forget what he is in us. Amen. Amen. To despair is to forget God. To worry is to forget God. To become fearful is to forget God. And we have to learn how not to forget what ought to be remembered when we're faced with certain circumstances. Because the thing is, is, is this, is that when the enemy opposes, it can be felt. It can be heard. The body, the mind can sense the pressure of opposition coming against us. We have to learn to take our attention and keep it off of the natural. Keep it off of what the body feels, off of what the mind feels, and remember the greater one on the inside of us and start stirring up and drawing out what's on the inside of us. We have these nine what we call fruits of the Spirit, but they're also forces of the Spirit. I tell you what, they are a force and they are a mighty force and they are more than enough to put us over in the face of no matter what opposition comes up. Amen. And so we have to remember uh, that victory is not about the devil leaving us alone. It's about us having the right thoughts and keeping our attention on the right thing. Now, we were quoting in the previous episode, and I want to quote it again real quick. Psalm chapter 23 and verse 5. It says, Thou preparest a table before me. Where is that table? In the presence of my enemies. <laughs> God gave us a spread to, to be occupied with. Right in the middle of the enemy. He didn't even wait for the enemies to leave the earth before he started spreading out the table of our redemption and blessing. I mean, everything we need for good on this earth is on that table. It's part of our redemption, healing, victory, joy, peace, answers, wisdom, knowledge, all of these things. And it's up to us to partake and we decide how much we partake of it. It's not God spoon feeding us. We can take as much as we want. And I tell you, you may be a glutton at this table and not come away fatter, but stronger. <laughs> now that's what we're looking for. The table that doesn't leave us fat, right? But it leaves us stronger in the word, fuller of the word. Amen. 
Now, this is the problem with so many people whose attention are on the wrong thing. They're just waiting for the devil to leave them alone. They're waiting for the pressure to go. They're yes. waiting for something to change out here. But you're authorized to stir up what's on the inside of you and draw it up, yield to it, amen, and yield to that flow in the face of the enemy's opposition. Uh, as long as, uh, until Adam's lease runs out, the devil has a right to be here. And we're going to sense the enemy. We're going to sense those things of his presence around us. But just because you can sense it doesn't mean it's yours. It's his. You're just sensing what's his. Fear is not yours. I read in Timothy, God's not given us a spirit of fear. So we know it's not ours if we feel it. We know it's the devil's. We're going to leave him with what he is. We're not going to partake of that, which is his flow. I want you to know Satan is the most fearful being. He is a tormented being. You cannot be uh, an agent of fear and be untroubled. He is a tormented being and he tries to bring you into the flow of his torment. Yeah. Yeah. But we know this, God didn't give it to us, it's not ours. God gave us a table that spread to partake of and we partake of it with our words, with our thought life, with our actions, what we draw up on, what we yield to, what we respond to. Amen. And so it says again in Psalm 23, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. God's telling you they're present. So what? So what? So what? Nothing can trouble you that can't get your attention. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how loud it is. I don't care how much pressure comes with it. I don't care what the threat is. As long as it can't get your attention, it cannot trouble you. Now, as we said, Psalm 23, verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Since he's present, let's give him something to watch. Right? You want to be present? Fine with me. You're going to watch me eat my victory right in front of you. You're going to watch me eat that healing flow right in front of you, my, my prosperity flow. You're going to watch me partake of the wisdom of God. I'll give you something to watch. It reminds me of, I don't know if y'all saw this. I, I, I just saw a quick clip of it somewhere. And there was a man who was out in the wilderness somewhere. And evidently he was with other people <clears throat> because he was walking down the side of a, it, it looked like a gravel road and it wasn't a well-traveled road uh, because they were in a remote area. <clears throat> but you could tell there was a path where some vehicles had gone. And so there were several of them that were out in this wilderness and this, the, there was a person in front of him and they were videoing him. A bear runs out during the video from behind this one man who is walking. He's being filmed. And this bear runs out. I mean, running full force at him. And the man turned around and without hesitation ran right back at him, you know, made himself big, bared his teeth. And I mean, he just started making the biggest noise. And that bear tucked his tail and ran. I guarantee you that bear did not expect that response. 
it caught him off guard. And this is what happens when the, when the enemy lunges through circumstances at people. They just go immediately into this coward position instead of just immediately. I mean, this man did not hesitate. He didn't go, oh my gosh, there was no, there was no, uh, shred of fear about him. He just turned around and with, in one smooth action, just turned around and went at that bear. And when he did that, I go, this is not this man's first rodeo out in that remote area. He's done this before. Amen. He's had some experience with wildlife. He knows how to respond. Now, I'm not telling you what to do in the face of a bear, please. I am not a, you know, I'm not your counsel on that, but I'm just telling you what I saw. And his friends were able, uh, happenstance, to, to, to capture that on video. But what impressed me, it was without, without any lag time, without any time to process what was happening, he immediately just went into the aggressive mode. This man did. And this is what happens so much when the enemy, the aggressor comes against us. People don't go into that aggressive mode. They go into the victim mode and they try to get him to leave them alone, leave them alone. I tell you what, you turn and you get in that aggressive mode. Why? Because greater is he that's in you. Amen. And this is where people miss it. When something comes against them, they sit and they start processing it mentally. They start reasoning what they feel. They start calculating what is being expressed to them instead of just immediately turning right back at that opposition. And I mean, just making a charge at that thing. This is where people miss it. They don't charge it with their authority. They just lay down and entertain. And listen, we've all done it. But that's, that's not the winning posture. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I say this, if the enemy is going to be present, give him a show. Yes. Let him watch you eat. Let him watch you eat your victory right in front of him. Yes. Let him see you gain your skill in the word that is yours, in the victory that is yours, in the provision and the blessings that are yours. We must become skillful. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I want to go back to, uh, let's go back to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10. I want to read this again. I love this passage. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 10 and 11, and this is the Amplified Classic again. He said, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed, or disquieted in whatever state I am. That man who had the bear run at him was not disturbed. He was not disquieted. He turned around and he took the aggressive posture. And I tell you what, this is something we have to learn. This wonderful apostle said he had to learn it. How do you learn it? You practice. You have to practice. And whether people know it or not to become skillful, with natural things and spiritual things, you have to practice. No athlete became good without practice. No musician became good without practice. No one who is good at their profession, their craft, their skill, can, became good without practice. Spiritual things have to be practiced. Faith has to be practiced. Peace has to be practiced. Joy has to be practiced. Love has to be practiced. All these nine fruits of the Spirit that are forces within you, that are conquering forces, 
you have to practice. That means that when a tragedy, when a circumstance, when opposition shows up, don't act like you did before you had these forces in you. <laughs> Many times people just go back to the natural, the way they've always responded. Now you respond in faith. Your pastor has been preaching that to you. Those have been taught the word. This is the time to do it when you're opposed, not to lay down. This is the time to employ the word instead of go, I don't know what to do or run back to what you used to do before you were born again. So you have to practice these things. Difficulties and tests are a practice place. They're not to be an undoing place. They are not to be our place of defeat. They are to be our place of practice. Amen. Take advantage of every opportunity to practice your victory to practice the right thoughts, to practice being untroubled, to practice refusing to worry, to practice refusing to, to allow fear in. You have to practice that because sometimes we were so skilled at working with fear before we got born again, right? We were so skilled at worry. <laughs> we were so skilled at, at anxiety and panic. You have to practice a different flow if you want a different flow. Amen. Amen. And Paul said this, even though this wonderful apostle who wrote half of the New Testament, he said, I've learned this. He had to practice it. He had to learn it. Use every minor challenge to practice on. Then when major challenges come, you already know the process of victory. Don't wait till something big. Practice on the everyday little stuff. When you're driving down the road in the car, driving to work maybe, and thoughts of, I don't know where I'm going to get money for this, or I've got this bill that's coming to, stop right there on that little thought right there and start practicing being untroubled, being undisturbed, and getting your attention on, on the right thing. Get your attention back on that table, that table of provision, that table of blessing that God's made yours. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we say this, uh, there's an important aspect of life that affects your faith and it affects your peace. And this is what I'm going to be teaching on now and for a little, a little while, even the next upcoming episodes, is this, is what are you doing with your attention? Because people don't realize their faith is connected to their attention. And what you put your attention on is what's going to go in you. This is how fear gets in people through their attention. This is how worry gets in people through their attention. It doesn't get in you because it came. It got in you because it got your attention. People think that because fear comes that it's got to get in. No, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. But we have to practice holding our attention on the right thing when our body and our mind feels the wrong thing. Don't let your attention follow what you feel. If you do, those circumstances will jerk your attention from one thing to the next. Amen. Amen. How was Paul sitting in this dark prison, not knowing naturally what his outcome is? He doesn't know when he's going to be dismissed. He doesn't know how he's going to be treated while he's there. How is he able to sit there and he says, I've learned how to be content. Not content to be here, but content while there. How did he learn that? He said, I have learned to be content, 
satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed. I'm not disquieted in whatever state I am. How did he do that? He practiced. He practiced before he got there. (laughs) Amen. Amen. If we hold our attention on the difficulty, if we hold our attention on the opposition, if we hold our attention on the need, the reward for that is a troubled mind. And this is what Jesus bore so that we wouldn't have to bear it. Amen. He bore torment so that you would not have it. Amen. Where is the place of peace? The Word. The Word is the place of peace. It's the food for the peace life. It's the food for the, for the faith life. Where your faith goes, your attention goes. Where your attention goes, your faith goes. Now see, this is why when Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. The Amplified says of the sound mind that it is a calm mind. It's a well-balanced mind, but notice the next two words. It's disciplined and it's self-controlled discipline and self-control. You got to practice. Discipline is a, is a course of practice. Control, self-control is a course of practice. You don't become controlled without practice. You don't become disciplined without practice. And many people don't realize that it is not only their responsibility, but their privilege to control their thought life. You do not have to take every thought that comes. I don't care what comes against your life. I don't care what tragedy shows up. Your mind's under your control. Your mind is under your authority. And you don't have to accept any thought that draws you out of peace. Amen. When your attention is on on God and His Word, that's where your faith will be. Amen. Because that's what you'll end up believing. But if our attention gets on our needs and just is occupied with our needs, every one of us have needs. You're not, as long as you're on this earth, you're going to have needs. But listen, God already told you the outcome of those needs. For the giver, in Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your what needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's already told you that a supply belongs to every single need that will ever show up. So, and he's talking to givers. You can't be a withholder and know how to participate in a, in a, in a giving flow. Mm-hmm. That it'll hinder your, your ability to receive of God's giving flow when you're a withholder. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important that we be a giver because that is God's flow. And that is cooperating with him in his flow. But when you are a giver, he says to the, to the giver, he said, uh, my God shall supply all your needs. So every need that shows up, you're authorized to know it already has a supply. It already has a supply. Let me tell you what I did. Um, as I said, my husband went home to be with the Lord unexpectedly in 2013. There were many responsibilities that I had. There were projects that had to be finished. Two of them were buildings that needed to be completed. I had to deal with lawyers. I had to deal with banks. I had to deal with the city. I had to deal with all kinds of business settings that I had never had to deal with before. And one of those is, um, and, and I had several millions of dollars I was now responsible for. Uh, I needed uh, well over a million dollars immediately. And there was other, other financial needs following along right after that. 
But about two weeks after my husband went home to be with the Lord and all these needs were piled high, I said, God, I make this commitment to you. I can't fix it, so I'm not touching it. I'm going to leave it in your hands and I'm going to trust you. Now, see, when you put something in his hands, that doesn't mean you don't have any activity. Your activity is the activity of faith. You're praising, you're worshiping, you're meditating on the word, you're speaking the word, and you're acting as far as your faith can act. Amen. Uh, so casting something in his hands, is it's a flow of rest for you, but not inactivity. Amen. Because responding in faith is a rest. Amen. To respond in a faith flow is a rest, but it's not one of inactivity. You don't just drop it in his hands and act like you got no, no, no responsibility toward it. Your responsibility is different than God's. But you still have responsibility, the responsibility of praise, the responsibility of a controlled thought life. Amen. All of these things that are part of it. And so uh, I got me a big old envelope in the mail about two weeks after. No, it wasn't an envelope of an offering. It was a love letter from the IRS. And it was such a big love letter, a regular envelope wouldn't hold it all. So it was a big one. And I didn't even, before I even opened it, I took that thing and I held that up to God and I said, Father, I don't know what's in here. But I said, you do. But I do know this about what's in here. It already has a supply. Because you already said, my God shall supply all your need. So I said, I say, that this has a supply. And I thank you before I even see the need for the supply. Why? I'm going to get occupied with the supply, not occupied with the need. I got my attention on the supply and I got it off the need. That didn't mean I threw it down and I wasn't responsible toward it. I opened it up. I looked at all those numbers and I said, well, isn't that a colorful thing? (laughs) And I tell you what, It went down within a week. They contacted me back and it went down to about a fifth of what the original letter was. Why? Because I refused to worry. I didn't even contact them. They contacted me and said, this is, this is what you'll need to pay. A fifth. Why? Because I applied the supply instead of applying my attention to the need. I applied my attention to the supply. I tell you what, where your attention goes is what your faith is on. And if your attention is just so absorbed with your need, your body, your symptoms, your financial need, your children, your marriage, your business, your depression. If you're so occupied with that, you've got to lay aside the better thought to be occupied with those. So I authorize you, lay aside troubling things and pick up the thoughts of the word. Put your attention on his word and what he's made yours. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been doing some teaching out of this book, Peace, Living Free from Worry. It's possible. (laughs) It's not only possible, it's commanded of his children. Amen. Jesus said, take no thought for your life. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. So we have to learn and be good students. You can get your copy at DufresneMinistries.org. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org.
please join us for our annual ladies conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at thefraneministries.org. God offers you his thoughts. Take them. This life-changing book by Nancy Dufresne, A Sound Disciplined Mind, will instruct you on how to do that. God's Word will reach into your everyday life, transforming it. It will lift you from the commonplace into the supernatural. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.